Good morning, Shark Nation. We have a big show coming up at you this week. A lot of key matchups, playoff implications on the line, region champions being decided, and state titles being defended. First, we want to start off by thanking all of our coaches, as it was National Coaches Day this past Thursday, and we would like to recognize all of their hard work. Our coaches at May River and across the country spend day after day, month after month, and year after year with our young men and women, making them not only better athletes, but better people. When people are leaving our profession by the droves due to lack of pay and numerous other reasons, these men and women continue to take, take time away from themselves and their families to coach our student-athletes. I want our coaches to know that does not go unrecognized by me, and I appreciate everything they do. So thank you to our coaches at May River specifically, but all of our coaches across the country. And if you haven't seen Miss James Daily Finn, please tune into that. As some of our athletes have some very good impressions of our coaches, and apparently I have to lock my office now. And a certain couple people violated my privacy and sacred microphone of Shark Nation. Just kidding, of course, but please check out Daily Finn, and thank you to all of our coaches. Let's congratulate our Jersey Mike's Athletes of the Week this week. First, our female athlete of the week was sophomore Robin Zettrauer, who has been one of two sophomores leading our girls' golf program this past season. Robin and her teammates look to defend their region championship this upcoming Monday. And good luck to Robin and the rest of their team, but also defend not only region, but their two state titles coming up here in a few weeks, um, October 24th and 25th. Um, our male athlete of the week was sophomore Tanner Macy. Quarterback on the football team, Tanner ran for 178 yards and two touchdowns and threw for another two in the Sharks' win of their opening region game against Lucy Beckham. Congratulations to Tanner as well. All right, let's get started and update you where everyone stands as we creep closer towards playoff time, including our boys and girls swim team that will compete at the 4A state championship tonight. That will be at the University of South Carolina Natatorium at Solomon Platt PE Center and that begins at 6.30 p.m. We want to recognize and wish all of our participants good luck tonight, starting with the boys. We have Patrick Carr, Ryan Mooney, Christopher Fewers, and Keith Wivag. Congratulations, gentlemen, on making the state tournament, and good luck tonight. On the girls' side, we have Addison Gourley, Olivia Court, Lily Bostwick, Stella Pelger, Hannah Yemick, Mia Yemick, and Christina Gluck, and also Shelby Gourley. Shelby will be looking to defend her state individual title tonight as well. We'll keep you up to date with all the boys and girls scores. You'll hear it on Shark Nation or Shark Radio next week and some on social media as those scores come in tonight. So good luck to our swimmers at the state championship. Girls tennis had a big victory this week over Hilton Head, or should we call them Bluffton Christian, since they obviously reside in Bluffton now. Four matches to two. The girls currently sit in fourth in the final spot in the playoffs with important matches against Colleton County and Bluffton in the coming weeks. If the Sharks can secure those victories, it would put them back into the state tournament. We'd also like to recognize our one senior tennis player, Harper Gray, as she celebrated her senior night this past week. Congratulations to Harper, and good luck to you in the future. Cross Country continues to get more meets under their belt as they got off to a very slow start, if you recall, due to early season rain with a lot of cancellations to begin the year. The story of the season on the girls' side looks to be Anya Arroyo. Can she finally knock off her rival, Hannah Broom of James Island? These two runners have gone first and second in the past two state championships, with Hannah being the champion and Anya finishing as the state runner-up. 
They are set to square off in the region championship where Anya defeated Hannah last year in just a couple weeks. So good luck to Anya and the girls. <clears throat> On the boys' side, Noah Wasserman and Cohen McDonald continue to lead for the Sharks. They have placed in top in the top 15 in some big events against some top schools across the state. We will see if one of them can grab the individual boys' region championship and how high can they place at the state meet in a few weeks. Good luck to both of our cross-country teams. Girls Golf set to compete in the region championship next week at Palmetto Hall on Monday beginning at 1 p.m. I will be on the course for most of the match, updating Shark Nation as the girls try to defend their region championship against their biggest rival in the region, Hilton Head. Those two, along with Pickens, Catawba Ridge, and AC Flora, will all be vying for the state championship in a few weeks. May River will be hosting that championship at Hilton Head Lakes Golf Course on October 25th, 24th, and 25th. Good luck, girls. Boys Volleyball fell to James Island in Hilton Head this week, but still traveled to Bridges Prep tonight to close out the week, looking for their first win this week. They have really continued to improve from early this year. If you came out and saw them play game one to how they played last night, it has been a massive improvement. Although the high school league is not sanctioned the state championship this year, there is an unsanctioned state tournament, and right now it looks like the boys will have to win out to have a shot to qualify for that. But we'll keep you up to date on that and keep getting better, boys. The hard work is paying off on the floor. We would like to recognize our four seniors from last night's senior night. Senior Liam Griffin, Parker Moreno, Marinero, Caleb Dallahan, and Caleb Armstrong. I want to thank you, gentlemen, for being a part of our inaugural boys volleyball season. Good luck to you in the future. Girls volleyball had a huge win last night. Actually, it would be classified as a historic win. The Sharks got their first victory against Hilton Head in, in school history, and not only did they win, they won in three straight dominating sets. Maver pulled out an inspired effort on their senior night to knock off the Seahawks. The, the Sharks honored four seniors, with all four seniors playing a big part of the victory. One senior, Kennedy Palmer, had a crucial serves down the stretch in two of the sets, along with a couple big hustle plays throughout the night. Kira Shelley also contributed as she had a couple key kills from the right side hitter position. Emma Plava had a huge night serving and defending from the libero position, and Emma ended the second set with seven straight serves and played stellar defense all night long, as she usually does. And finally, Reagan, Eggins, Reagan Evans led the onslaught from her setter spot. She distributed the ball all night to the right people, even adding in a couple of key second hit kills. Congratulations to our seniors and volleyball team on a historic night in the tank. They currently sit in third place with a huge match against Lucy Beckham at home this Monday. The victory gives them a chance to finish second in the region. A loss would mean they would need to close out the year against Colleton and Bluffton for a three-seed in the state tournament. Good luck, girls, and great win last night. Football began their region season last week with a dominating performance against Lucy Beckham. I think what really shined through last week was the strength of schedules. We have seen May River lose a lot of close games against some top competition, while Lucy Beckham was 4-1 and one against a much weaker schedule. The Sharks dominated on both lines of the scrimmage, with the defense forcing numerous punts and causing a few fumbles with very physical play. On the offensive side of the ball, the O-line really dominated up front, paving the way for an historic rushing attack from May River. In fact, May River offense set an, um, a school record in most yards in a game due to mostly because of the offensive line dominating up front. Jaden Jones rushed for 184 yards and two scores. 
Tanner Macy added 178 and two more scores on the ground and threw for 66 yards and two touchdowns to Gage Duncan and Kaysen Simmons. Darian Perry also added a huge 70-yard touchdown run right before half to really gain separation from the Bengals. That win sets up a huge game tonight at James Island. Kickoff will be at 7.30 p.m. Good luck, boys. Also want to give a shout-out to our May River Cheer team. They will begin their competition season here in a couple weeks, and we'll be giving you updates on that as, as that unfolds. But in the meantime, they've done a great job of supporting fall athletics. You can see our cheer team on the sidelines of all the football games on JV Thursdays and Varsity Friday nights, along with at our pep rallies. So thanks, cheer. We appreciate everything you do. As all the updates from Shark Athletics, we'll be right back with College Pick'em. Shark Radio is sponsored by Palmetto Bug Company, a commercial and residential bug control solution. Owned and operated by an educational professional, we make customer service a priority. Palmetto Bug Company. All right, welcome back. Shark Radio, it's time for a little college pick'em. We got Coach Whitmore and Coach Powell with me right now. I'm going to get into 10 games this Saturday. First, talk a little bit about the Sharks, Coach Powell. Did it last week. We had good luck. You know, what are we looking at tonight from your perspective, defensive side of the ball? Uh, very tough football game. I think you look at records and you look at what how they progressed over the last two or three years uh, with a new coach. Um, James Allen's probably the team to beat in the region. They're, uh, they're solid. Um, offensively, they have really, really good skill players. They have a tough offensive line. Um, they got a different quarterback um, back to the last couple of games. Uh, running uh, Wide receiver-wise, the best player in this probably zero receiver. Um, very good. Um, catching the ball, downfield threat. You got a big tight end, 85, who's very good. And they got two or three running backs who are very, very solid. They're very big. They're physical. Um, they come downhill at you. They got a very good scheme. Um, they have number five receiver. It's going to be a very tough uh, game for us defensively to be able to slow them down and, and even potentially force them to punt. They're solid and uh, well worked out for us. Yeah, after one game, we got the obviously the region split right down the middle. The Sharks and the James Island are one and zero, along with the Bobcats down the road to Bluffton. They're one and zero. Then you got Hilton Head, uh, Colleton County, and Lucy Beckham. Both are all three zero and one. So we'll get um, some more information after tonight. Kickoff at seven thirty. We'll be at James Island. All right, to our college slate. We got Tennessee only minus three down in the Bayou, Louisiana State University. Coach Al, what do you like? Um, thank. You. Reason I'm going first here is I'm the leader um, of the, the picks and we got the best record um, thus far. Um, so uh, the champ is here. So the champ will go first. Um, leading, I think this is week six. Is that correct? Yeah, something like something that. Like that. Um, Tennessee, LSU. Um, if you ask, you know, uh, a couple years ago, obviously LSU would have ran away with this. I think they're holding, they're controlling the series as of late. Um, Tennessee has got a new spark with their uh, new head coach. Um, they're playing very well right now. Um, they, they played some very tough football games thus far. Um, LSU's uh, big win against Mississippi State a couple weeks ago makes me a little bit nervous. Mississippi State and Tennessee had very similar type offense in terms of ability to pass the ball up-tempo, and LSU took care of business there. On the road at LSU makes me even a little bit more nervous, but I think Tennessee is good. I think Tennessee is legit. I think Tennessee has the ability to score more than LSU. Tennessee's defense, we don't talk much about it, but they're not terrible. They're playing well, so I'm going to have to go with the balls here to get the cover. That is a great pick, Coach Powell. 
I would like to congratulate you on a great week last week, a solid season thus far. It is finally good to have some parity in podcast competition. I feel like I've been the leader in the clubhouse for, I don't know, four straight years or three straight, however many years we've been doing this. Um, it is nice to have some company at the top of the mountain. So, so you oh. felt like very similar, like Ohio State and Big Ten is kind of what you were saying. <laughs> yes. Very yes. similar. Yes. I understand. I yeah. feel like Clemson and ACC. There you go. Yeah. So, fair enough. Yeah, buddy. Way to go. Um, no, like you said, you, you hit on all, all my points. LSU, they lost uh, to Florida State early. Uh, seemed like, you know, they were maybe going to struggle this year. They've kind of played their way back into relevancy. But really, you know, my question was, who, who have they beaten? Uh, Mississippi State, that was a good win a couple weeks ago. But other than that, they have not beaten a team with a pulse. Okay, Auburn is bad. Auburn had them down all game. They finally came back and, and won right at the end. Um, you know, everyone's talking about the big turnaround. I'm really not that impressed. Tennessee, I think, has two really good wins. I thought their win on the road at Pitt was, was really good. Um, I know that Pitt and LSU are different as far as um, stadiums and, you know, noise and things like that. But I think that was a good tough win for them, which, you know, bodes well. I thought their win – uh, in their last game against Florida, was a good win. Florida played much better than they had been playing uh, previous to that. The other, you know, thing about Florida and LSU is is the dynamic quarterback. You know, I think LSU has a shot if Jaden Daniels um, does some miraculous things with his legs. He he can really move. He can really run it. Um, but I thought uh, Tennessee did a pretty good job against Florida and Anthony uh, Richardson in that regard. So that's a to me a plus for the balls. Um, I just think the offense scores too much. I got the balls winning by at least a touchdown. Key factor in this game is kickoff is when, boys? Noon. Noon. Absolutely. It is not at night in the real Death Valley. Oh, no comment from yeah. Captain Clemson. Oh, okay. Anyway, but it's not at night no at one of, the, one of the Death Valleys. <laughs> it is at noon. Big difference. LSU getting into their teeth of their schedule now. Tennessee minus three with the best alternate uniforms in the country. Smoky gray and that bright orange lettering. I'm taking the Vols minus three. Love it. All right. Buckeyes, speaking of the Big Ten, Buckeyes minus 26 and a half at Michigan State. Old East Lansing. Coach Whitmore, what do you got? Yeah, Beast Lansing. Oh, baby, let's go. Um, Pal, I think Clemson was actually the first uh, Death Valley. So I will give you the nod. In, in, in that one, but in uh, recent years, you got to give it to us as well. No, but I, I think truly that's what that's. Well, what they do happened. have the longest home win streak in yeah. the nation. So yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about the, the varsity teams here. Um, so around the country, we have the student loan forgiveness program going on. Um, what do you, nothing about? Yeah. Do you think Sparty? Yeah, I paid mine off. Oh, yeah, never mind. Do you think Sparty can file and get some of that uh, contract back from Coach Tucker? Yeah. Buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. Contracts like that are probably why kids have to pay so much to go to college and why the student loans are so high. So uh, thanks a lot for that one, Sparty. Appreciate you. Um, now this this is the Buckeyes' their first trip away from the friendly confines of the horseshoe. Um, I think that certainly is going to play a factor here. Um, I think Sparty will be up for the challenge. It'll be interesting to me to see how C.J. Stroud kind of uh, meshes with those the young receivers. I know they've played a couple games together. Still not sure if Smith and Jigba is going to play, but he's certainly building uh, a good rapport with the guys that are playing. But they're all young, and it's one thing to do it at home when everyone's on your side. It's another thing to be on the same page when you're on the road. It will be a hostile environment. Um, but that being said, Michigan State has not been good this year. 
I think the Buckeyes cruise to the tune of like 47-21, but that means Sparty covers by the hook. Ooh, man. I know I know. we talked a lot on this podcast about the absolute terrible schedule that Michigan has played. And but the more I look at the Ohio State schedule, I, I'm a little concerned about their schedule thus far. Um, they played with beat Wisconsin, who lost to Illinois. Bad, fired their coach. Rutgers is horrible. Toledo's not good. Arkansas State not good. And the best win was against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame has since struggled. Uh, while I think Ohio State is very good, this does concern me. But I flip over, look at who they're playing this week, and it's not much change between Rutgers and Wisconsin, in my personal opinion. Um, Michigan State is giving up 275 yards, 275 yards in the air, and they have played Maryland. Minnesota, Washington, Akron, Western Michigan, uh, they have not seen Ohio State's offense. I think Ohio State scores way too many points for Michigan State to keep up. Therefore, I'm going Ohio State Buckeyes to get the cover winning by at least 20. Yeah, it's a lot of points in a, in what's in recent memories at least been a decent game, but uh, just Michigan State not very good. I don't think Ohio State's receivers' offense is good. I'm going to take Ohio State in that big cover, taking the Buckeyes. All right. TCU minus seven at Kansas. Undefeated TCU and undefeated Jayhawks. It's not basketball season yet, gentlemen. Still talking about football. Coach Powell, what do you like? Man, this is awesome. Uh, you know, college game day is going to be at Kansas. Um, this is one of the schools that I know that's going to shock you. They've actually never been there before. Um, but uh, I think that's an exciting time for Kansas. It's always good in college football. We had a team that's been very bad for a long time. And then, you know, people around the country finally get to find out about Kansas football. I think that's incredible. It is awesome for our sport. And just so happened, as I'm looking up some stuff, I see Kansas announces plans for over $300 million in football upgrades. Well, about time. Ding, ding, ding. <clears throat> but what's really cool up there is, is Kansas could be good. I mean, they're in the absolute central area for all junior college and the best junior college football in the country. There's no doubt out in Kansas. So they can recruit players. This coach who's there has built – a program division three then went to buffalo they are good but tcu all right they can score points they absolutely beat the fool out of oklahoma last week um they played a much tougher schedule in my personal opinion versus oklahoma you know smu yeah maybe not um but kansas i don't think can score with them their quarterback is very good but I don't think they have the dudes quite yet to run with TCU. I'm thinking TCU gets the cover winning by seven or more. Okay. okay. Who is the quarterback of Kansas? He's a good one. Jalen Daniels, not to be confused with Jaden Daniels, or JT, that I talked about in the last segment. But, hey, you said it, pal. Uh, game day is going to be there. It's exciting. Three consecutive sellouts. Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, man, they're ready to roll. 47,233 rabid fans will pack the booth. That's what they call their stadium uh, on Saturday. Undefeated showdown. Um, pal, I like to talk about history, right? Here we go. Because I think that the history and traditions of college football, they mean a lot because I think they make the game what it is, and that's why it's so popular. Okay, Believe it or not, Kansas has a lot of history. Okay, If I Man. said history, oh, if I said Fog Allen, and I'm talking about Kansas, what do you think of? How anything? Winning. Winning. Coach Macy should probably know. Basketball. Basketball. It's a basketball coach. Basketball arena's famous basketball coach there. Believe it or not, Fog Allen coached the football team in 1920 and was instrumental in building their current stadium. You talked about $300 million 
donation or whatever they got for football. Right. He raised over $200,000 in one day after they tied Nebraska. They were down 20 to nothing at halftime, came back and tied. They had a big fundraiser afterwards. Everybody pitched in. They made $200,000. Anyways, they built. It's like $2 million these days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> at, least, at least like $300 million. Yeah. Uh, but they built David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium. That's pretty cool because it is a memorial for the World War I uh, Kansas uh, students that, that died in World War I. And it is also the seventh oldest college football stadium of all time and the oldest built on a campus west of the Mississippi. Now that's some history I actually that's, enjoy. It's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it matters a lot of this things game. <laughs> no history. So I, I have, a, speaking of history, I'm going to go recent history here. Who did TCU play two weeks ago? Remember? SMU. SMU. Big robbery game, right? Yep. They were up for that one. Who did they play last week? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They had those two dates circled on the calendar, didn't they? They correct. They didn't have Kansas circled. The Jayhawks shocked the world with that history, that tradition, and quarterback Jalen Daniels. Rock chalk, baby. Do you really believe that? Yes. There's no way. All right. This is a coach's <laughs> nightmare. If you're Kansas's coach, you're undefeated. All the hype, the country's coming to your place. Your players have heard about it all week going to class. The hype is real. It is a massive distraction. If you're TCU's coach, you just came off an absolute hammer job of the Oklahoma Sooners, beat your arch rival two weeks ago. They feel like, I mean, they are untouchable. They, they have been told how good they are for the last week. Both of these teams have. The hype is real. I, I, I think TCU's the better team, but just because of the, the hype, the excitement – I'm taking the Jayhawks to cover, Ooh. maybe to win. Well, that's going to be one game up for make up another game here. We'll be tied after this week. All right, <laughs> Texas versus Oklahoma. Otejas minus seven in the Cotton Bowl, the Red yeah. River rivalry, whatever we're calling it these days. Right. I don't know. That, that's correct. Okay. Politically correct. Yeah. Coach, Coach Whitmore. Yep. Here we go again, pal. History and tradition. Use my uh, last segment to segue into this one. And I'm not going to really get into details here, but I think your boy Venables has missed the mark in this area. Okay. I think history and tradition, like I said, it drives college football. It makes the games what it is. It makes rivalry games what it is. He has taken the stance of the, we're going to prepare for this game the same as we do every other one. He even went as far as to say that he hopes his players don't play any harder in this game than they do in any other against anybody else. Okay. Sounds an awful lot like a certain coach from that godforsaken team up north that tried that strategy for about five years and almost lost his job. Last year, he finally put some stock into the rivalry, and certainly their performance, you know, changed, and they actually, you know, slayed the dragon, so to say. Yes, players help, but... Ohio State having the flu helped. But sports are played by humans. (laughs) We're all human, and we are driven by emotion. Like it or not, we all, as coaches, we like to say it shouldn't factor in. And, and all this and that, it does. I mean, you know, and, and I think that Texas, I don't know what they've said, but I think they're getting healthy. I think Oklahoma is beat up. I think their coach has missed the mark, at least in his comments. And certainly he could say something different to his team, but I think you got to build kids up. You got to teach them about the tradition. There's going to be more juice on the other side, and you got to match that. I'm not sure Oklahoma's ready to do that. Quarterback is probably out, had a concussion last week. I don't know if that's confirmed yet or not. But for that reason, Texas may be getting healthy. I'm going to say hook them by double digits. Yeah. Oh, sorry, pal. Sorry, pal. I'll listen to what you got to say and then make my educated guess here. Uh, but 
And I kind of agree with what you're saying, Coach Whitmore. It, it, it hurts my stomach to have to, you know, go against Venerables and the amount of production he's had at Clemson. I think he is a direct reason why Clemson was so successful over his run there for almost 10 years. But Oklahoma does not have his guys. They, they are not playing very tough on defense. It's going, to, going to take, it's going to take some time to change the culture there. The quarterback for Oklahoma is out potentially. Texas is getting healthy. Texas got probably the best running back in the nation. Yep. Their quarterback, I think, is going to be playing this week. He's been kind of hit or miss the last two weeks. Texas is playing tough. Texas has been in some battles, man. You know, Texas has played, you know, Alabama. They played Texas Tech. Who, who, and UTSA is not terrible by no stretch right. of imagination. Oklahoma, you know, they, they got beat. They're two, two games in the hole um, the last two weeks. Um, they're at home, which would make you play a little bit more. But I think Texas, if we look at just teams, Texas is better. Uh, I think the Longhorns win. Yeah, in the last decade, this game has been decided by eight or more points only once, yep. only one time. This is this is usually a this is usually a very close game, and obviously Oklahoma has had the upper hand, but Texas usually played them very tough. And yeah, Coach Venables obviously proved his worth at Clemson, won two national titles. His defense was very, very good. But at the end of his Oklahoma run, his defenses were giving up a lot of points. Well, he's back in Oklahoma, and they're giving up a lot of points again. I got to think Coach Sarkeesian is going to look at that TCU film and see how they just absolutely ran through them like a hot knife through butter and do – some very similar concepts. I like Texas minus seven. It's a lot of points in this game, but but I'm taking the Longhorns. All right, Utah minus four and a half at UCLA. Coach Powell, UCLA still undefeated? Undefeated. 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 Again, this isn't basketball season yet. Still talking about football. But I think that goes to show the connection between basketball and football, how it's so important. We've got to share athletes these days. The best kids yeah. have got to play because these basketball teams are now playing extremely well. On the gridiron, now they're not sharing athletes in college, obviously, but that is pretty cool to see. But um, UCLA at home, I'm actually embarrassed to say that I watched a couple of their games, and their Mary River High School Sharks have definitely more fans in the stands than <laughs> yeah. they have had both UCLA games that I've watched. You know? And it is not 11 o'clock there when it's happening. <laughs> yeah. If it was 11 o'clock, I can understand, but it's not. Um, Utah is tough. Utah hasn't played anybody very well. However, their win last week against Oregon State, which I thought was a better top three or four team in their conference, they beat the they beat them bad, man, especially in the second half. Um, UCLA came out and beat Washington, which I thought was a little bit better. Haven't played anybody very well. I think U.S. Uh, South Alabama is not bad, and that was you know you could probably argue that. And Washington's their best two wins. I think these teams on paper are very similar. Um, I think the better quarterback has to go to the Utes. Um, Utes played Florida early and recovered very well since then. I hate taking the road team here, but I'm not sure the, the, the home team, based off the crowd that I've seen, is going to really make a difference. I'm going to have to go with the Utes to here, here getting um, three and a half. Excuse me. Four and a half. There. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. go Utes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A lot of, lot of road favorites this week. That's, That's scary. scary. Yep, yep. Um, wasn't UCLA losing to Bowling Green for like a good chunk of the first half? Almost a, a half quarter time. and a half. Yeah. And then it got ugly. It was Bowling Green. Love you, Mom. Um, yeah. Freddie the Washington. Yeah, I got out last week on that Bowling Green game. Yeah. Well, that's the one. Yep. Thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> Washington was a big win for UCLA. How did Washington get notoriety? They beat Sparty. <laughs> awesome. 
Utah battle. They probably should have beat Florida, and they've played very well since. I thought last week's game was a huge win. I think the Utes are, are rocking and rolling. They are the best team in that conference until proven otherwise, and I think they exert their dominance here. Utah wins by probably <laughs> double digits, I think. How what does UCLA stand for? Uh, College of <laughs> Louisiana. I mean, uh, Los Angeles. I am That's taking – well, close. I am taking Utah because there will be no home field advantage at University of California of Los Angeles. I'm taking the Utes. Minus four and a half. Rose Bowl. Man. All right. Clemson minus 20.5 at Boston College. And a little Southies. No Whitmore. What do you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll get out of the way so Powell can talk. But Clemson's rolling. They've they've played much better as of late. We were kind of making fun of their offense, you know, first couple of weeks. But I, I think they've kind of figured it out. Um, DJ's getting confident. Boston College not very good this year. Clemson keeps it rolling and wins by at least three touchdowns and three extra points. That's twenty-one or more. Yeah, this is kind of scary uh, for me. Um, traveling up to Boston College. Uh, Boston College is not great. However, Boston College had a big signature win from last week, beating Louisville, who was my surprise of the year. It's been a surprise of bad. How bad they are, yeah. It's, been, it's uh, uh, totally dropped the ball there. Clemson has had back-to-back very tough football games against two of the better teams in the ACC. Florida State looming, who we thought was going to be much better. Wake Forest and NC State. Clemson's offense, I think, now is gaining confidence. Defense played extremely well. We've got to be getting healthy. We're still get back superior athletes, I think, in the Boston College. Three touchdowns is a lot, though. But I'm going to go with my Tigers. Yeah, I'm taking Clemson. It is a little scary, too. The atmosphere probably won't be great. Boston College would put some points on the board, but got to take Clemson here. Um, minus 20.5. All right, South Carolina, a massive opportunity here. This is as big as opportunity as they're going to get probably all year because they actually have a shot to win. It's at Kentucky against the top 15 team. Kentucky is going to be missing their starting quarterback, it looks like. Yeah. South Carolina at Kentucky. Kentucky only six-point favorites. Huge opportunity for the Gamecocks. Coach Powell, what do you like? And they're going to drop the ball. Um, <laughs> Kentucky is too physical. They're still physical. Their quarterback is, again, out. They've, they have played well. They beat Florida. They played some tough teams. Carolina has not kept it close versus anybody with the Pulse there yet. Arkansas, two touchdowns. Georgia, we already know about that. 40 points. Um, I, I, Carolina's defense is not good enough. I've watched Kentucky with no quarterback to find an offense that worked. I think they're going to take care of them offensively. Kentucky's defense, i got to think, well, it's a huge chance for South Carolina. Kentucky has created a, a, a no-excuse mentality with their head coach. I've talked about him before. They, they're not going to drop the ball here uh, against Carolina. I think they win by a touchdown. Yeah, I – I just think Kentucky's better through the roster. Uh, I mean, quarterback is obviously arguably your most position or your most important position, excuse me. I, I just think even even without him, Kentucky's being under a touchdown. If it was more a touchdown, it might take Carolina. I got to go Kentucky here, though. Yeah, Kentucky's backups have no college experience, none, zip. And the one that's probably going to play transfer, he's from Kentucky, the state of Kentucky, transferred from Iowa as a redshirt freshman. Can't play quarterback at Iowa, boys. No, but I still agree with everyone. They are a better team. They will find they the positive they had all week. Their quarterback didn't go down in the first quarter, and they're throwing this guy in. They've had all week to prepare for this. 
And I think Coach Stoops likes actually both of his backups. So there will be a plan in place. I am taking the Wildcats minus six. All right, BYU at Notre Dame in Vegas, baby. Yeah. The Shamrock Series. Notre Dame somehow minus three and a half. Coach Whitmore, what do you like? This is a big independent battle, right? BYU is in the MAC these days. Or are they still independent? No, they're independent. Okay. They're joining the Big 12. Big soon. 12, that's right. Notre Dame being in the ACC. Was, you know, enjoy your last few years as an independent. Um, Coach Macy hates when we talk about Notre Dame joining a conference for all you listeners it out there. It just won't happen. Yeah. Unless um, absolutely needed. <laughs> I, I really, really don't know what to think here. Uh, man, I think BYU is pretty physical. I'm going to go the Cougs. I hope they wear the all blue uniforms. No, they're, they going wear black, the all blue uni- they're going black. They're going black because Notre Dame's going all white. It's a special okay. uniform day. All right. Well, I'll still I think, black it's, and blue. I think it's yeah. black and blue. I think it's Ooh, black and blue. I like that. I like that. All right. We'll go black and blue. The Cougars bruise the Irish. So, is this the uh, uniforms? Did they reveal it on the, uh, the hangover video that yes. Notre Dame made? Correct. It was actually really cool. I yeah. thought it was one of the best. College videos no, I've ever seen. All about it. Yep. Yeah. All, you're all about the history. It's irrelevant, but here we go. So, um, you know, North Carolina, I mean, Notre Dame, I talked about a couple weeks ago, they actually scored some points um, two weeks ago. They're on a bye week. Maybe they've got healthy, but sometimes I think bye weeks create slow starts for people. I'm not convinced that bye weeks are always the best thing possible, especially after two wins in a row where they're gaining some momentum after losing three in a row. Um BYU, I've watched them a little bit. They can score some points. I, I would, If this line came out and BYU was minus three and a half, I would actually believe that. It's a little shocking that Notre Dame is three and a half and they're not at home. I'm going to have to go with the Coots. Yeah, Notre Dame's bye week came at a bad, bad time this year. They had actually not played well against Kyle but won, but, but offensively didn't have a pulse against North Carolina. Granted, North Carolina's defense is horrendous. Um, and then now they then they had a bye. So I kind of I agree with that. Um, BYU – and Notre Dame both have bad losses. BYU just got obliterated by Oregon, just obliterated. And then Notre Dame obviously lost to Marshall. Um, so two bad losses. BYU, I think, is like 91st in the country um, rushing defense. If Notre Dame can run it like they did against North Carolina with their big running back, Audric Estime, I think Notre Dame will cover. Um, but I think BYU is going to play better than that. Um, it's a big game for them. I just think three and a half is a lot. Maybe – it just Notre Dame's not playing well enough for me to take the Irish yet, so I'm going to take the Cougars as well. All right, Texas A&M at Alabama. This is a huge line, minus 24. Guys, I don't know what I – man, to a team that talks so much trash from Jimbo Fisher beginning of the year and just hammered Alabama and Nick Saban. They're 24-point dogs, <laughs> and they beat them last year is disturbing. I don't know if Alabama's Bryce Young is 100% healthy. I know Arkansas thought they had him on the ropes. They put a backup quarterback in there, and it looked like Hussein Bolt running down the field. Um, Alabama, they've never been motivated before. This has to be the game. Alabama, I mean, A&M cannot score. Therefore, I'm going for Bama to cover at home. Yeah, A&M cannot score. Alabama can score. I'll take the tie. And I think the key is uh, Nick Saban will have his team's attention. Yeah. This year, obviously, he's been in their ear all week. They will play well. They will play quickly. I'm going to take Bam in the points as well, even though it's a lot. All right, final game of the podcast. We got Florida State at North Carolina State. NC State minus three and a half. Coach Whitmore, what do you yeah, like? This is like the worst game of the week that we have on here. I'm glad it's the finale. Um, not many people will care about this one. I don't know. ACC. Uh, yeah. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, I, NC State. I know Clemson's been playing well. They did not impress me last week. I and and Clemson did play well. That is as well as I've seen Clemson play in the last couple of years. Um, as far as for what I've seen them in, I mean last year and this year okay. from what I've seen, couple means couple yeah. means two. Now yeah. two. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought that was as good as Clemson has looked in, in a long time. Um, Florida State. I still don't think they're they're there yet. Uh, I'll take the Wolfpack at home, coming off the loss. Yeah, uh, it is a tough one. Florida State was rolling and they got beat by Wake last week, and uh, yeah. everybody thought that was a toss up. But the panel all said Wake would win because they couldn't yeah. stop them, so we were spot on there. On um, NC State struggling offensively, no explosive play. I said this to Washington play East Carolina in opener. They cannot get the ball vertically down the field, and that is going to be ultimately going to cause them. But Florida State, I think, is. There's no, I don't think Florida State is there, but I think they're back. I don't see that at all. At home, NC State rebounds. I think they get the cover. Yeah, both teams coming off a loss. Um, agree with everything that's said. Not impressed with either one. North Carolina State's offense hasn't been good um, really all year, but they're at home. They do have a good defense. I think they shut them down enough. Win by 7-10. to 10. I'm taking the Wolfpack. All right. That's all we got today. Sharks kick off at 730. Go Sharks. Go Sharks, Go Sharks baby. Go Sharks.